Everyone has a story, but not everyone is a storyteller. Hello, my name is Karen Tang, Tang Keren, and my name is Ahmed Nomadic Ali. Welcome. You're listening to Otherwise Wisdom from the Other, a podcast dedicated to empowering diverse communities living on Treaty Six territory by sharing stories of their lived experiences. This episode of Otherwise was recorded on October tenth, two thousand twenty-one. Hey, Ahmed, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Karen, how are you? Good. A week away. We are a week away. It's been such a long journey. I can't believe it. We're well down to the last week uh, until we um, until we find out what happens on uh, that's true for, for the election. And as much pressure as it has been, honestly, in comparison to my school board run, I feel at peace, and I am grateful for the process. And、uh, it's been a great journey. That's、I、a great feeling. Yeah,、um, I think this time with just a, such a solid team, I just know that we we give it all. You know, we give it all, and I, I'm feeling really great about it. You know, the week out,、uh, regardless of what happens. And today,、uh, I think that so this is going to be our last episode of this season. We actually have our whole podcast team、uh, on the call with us, and believe it or not, they're actually always with us every single episode,、um, doing such important background work、uh, behind the scenes. But today, you know, we just want to come together as a team and、uh, reflect on、uh, this whole journey together. So, who do we have? Welcome, Omar Yakub, to the podcast here. Thanks for having me. This is a、uh, it's it's honestly a treat to be able to、uh, to sit with y'all, have rich conversation, and learn from you. So I'm I'm excited to be in front of the mic this time. Yeah, and thank you, Omar, for actually pushing us to kind of realize this this idea、uh, and bring it to fruition. You're you know our our guru, our guidance, and、uh, helping to shape the conversation、uh, each episode. In essence, if anybody has beef with any of the topics, Omar is your guy. <laughs> Entirely my fault. <laughs> Welcome, Lisa.、Uh, yeah, hi.、Um, it's really great to be here. I've had the privilege of doing the editing for this season, and it has been just genuinely wonderful and a bunch of fun to get to eavesdrop as Karen and Ahmed have been talking about their topics. It's it's been a lot of fun for me, and I've been learning a ton. So. Yeah, thanks. You know, I I I know you just said I'm just doing the editing, but I feel like you're so much more. You're all you know, all the technical、uh, expertise, you know, directing us and、um, making sure that the quality of each episode is professionally done. And you know, I just remember the first time I approached you, Lisa. You didn't think about it. You're like, I'm in. And so, so appreciate you being here、um, and、uh, helping the show. Yeah, totally. It was such a great idea. I, I was so pumped that it was going to happen. You know, thank you for ma- also making us maintain our authentic voice. I think you were consistent with that, and so in the editing as well, you made sure to、uh, make us sound the best. So we appreciate that. Thanks, guys. One thing I've loved about this format,、um, what's been achieved here, is the space for thoughtful reflection, and you know, really getting to to feel. A little bit of what it's like to be in your shoes, you know, in a in an era where politics is often reduced to sound bites and tweets. It's nice to have a bit more space for long form, thoughtful conversation. And really impressed by your ability to to kind of keep it real, to keep it to keep it erudite, and to to get into the weeds of some of the issues. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. 
and you know, I think we this is our episode number seven. And in the past, you know, several episodes, we've always focused on a theme that we're hearing a lot about at the door, or sometimes about our experiences as candidates on the trail. Um, and I'm and e- and each one of us, you know, um, a few, you know, some of us are candidates, but you know, Omar, you've also been really involved in in various campaigns to engage specific communities. We'll love to hear about that. And Lisa, of course, I know you've had your own journey and reflection around what it means to vote. So I would love to just um, maybe if we can do a bit of a go around. Um, yeah. Um, in terms of, um, I think the dynamics of you and I running. And also having Omar and Lisa here who aren't necessarily directly engaged as candidates, but are in the periphery, are friends and also involved or recognize other campaigns that are going on. It's good to have that dynamic because it provides us a sense of grounding. And um, Omar, for me personally, has always been one of my mentors and somebody that I look to whenever I'm seeking advice. So it was good to have Omar alongside me almost as an advisor throughout this. And so... Um, it, it's great. So now that all of this has brought us to this episode where now we're talking about go get yourself to the polls and vote for what you believe in with the hope that you have because the elections are right around the corner. And so your voice does matter. If you could jump in on this really quickly, Omar, in terms of what you found with uh, the information that happens in the background, because as candidates, we are always trying to motivate people to vote. But I guess you understand the statistics to a certain degree and uh, the challenges associated. What has uh, your journey been in the election thus far? One of the things we we decided to do as a as a small group of people is, you know, think about narrative and storytelling. And uh, what is the story people are hearing about our community? Right. And are we. Are we allowing that story to be told by someone else? Or are we taking the steps to inform people at a juncture where they're willing to listen? Are we taking this time to, to reach out and connect? You know, and as a, as a member of the Muslim community, oftentimes I find you know, people have only been informed about the Muslim community through the media, which doesn't generally paint us in the best light. And so to, to use this opportunity now which is an election where you can like engage candidates where they're willing to listen, where they have to put a step forward to, you know, because they want to get a vote to inform them about the community and to give them opportunities to connect. I think that's super, super important. And it's vital to us, right? It's a, uh, it's surprising for me when I hear about, you know, sitting counselors who um, don't know about multiple institutions in their, in their own ward. It's also really, really incredible to to see aspiring candidates who've put in the time that know multiple institutions, that know multiple people within an institution, and to think what that can achieve for us down the line, right? And I think it's a, it's a two-way street where, you know, as people are part of community, we have to work to tell stories. And I think that that's kind of the work we're doing here, right, where we're investing and understanding and then recognizing one another you know i think you uh you touch on so many things i would love to kind of dig deeper um just as we continue on um but something i certainly really appreciated about you know the campaign that you and your friends have done um all on voluntary times uh called yeg muslim vote uh is really that engagement with a particular community and i think it goes both ways i think it's about raising awareness 
with cannabis, but also making that connection. And I'm just wondering, what are some of the things that you think you've gleaned that other ethnocultural and diverse team, uh, communities can learn? Um, because I think about, you know, I think about my own community sometimes, and I think people have certain ideas about what it means to engage politicians. And I, I really appreciated the sort of the, I think the authentic nature about relationship building and putting the focus on that. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I, I love what you're saying. I think it's a, I think it's really important for every community to think about who they're talking to, right? If you're talking to a municipal candidate, learn about the depths of municipal politics, learn what the scope of power is in municipal politics, what the scope of influence is. Engage on issues that show depth, right? I think there there are people in every community who have that, who are concerned about that. Um, there's a, there's power in numbers and in starting to starting to create narrative, right? And showing that you know we're not just concerned about issue X. We're concerned about this host of municipal issues, and we won't be placated by you know, by pandering, right? Like oftentimes I think there's a, there's a tendency in politics to use cultural jingo and get applause and make people feel like, oh, this guy understands us because they said inshallah. But, you know, maybe there's more to it than that. Maybe we want them to also not just say inshallah, not just pronounce our names right, but also understand how affordable housing impacts a community, understand why transit and expansion should be looked at with a GBA plus lens. Understand why representation in hiring matters, right? And uh, I think as as communities, we we should be telling that story and we should be amplifying each other's voices when we do it. You know how how though is it uh, possible for candidates like uh, ourselves who go to the door, and our objective is to go to as many doors as possible. And the whole point of that is, which in for me is to build connection and an understanding what the challenges in those communities are. But oftentimes it feels like I am collecting more than I'm connecting with folks. And so um, my question to you, Lisa, is has anybody come to where you live? How have they engaged with you? What has honestly worked well? And what has honestly, I guess, been uh, off-putting? Yeah, Um, so I live in an apartment building downtown uh, and only one person has come to the door, uh, and that was Adrian Bruff. And I very much appreciated that he was doing any door knocking at all in apartment buildings. I appreciated also about him that he, I like, I, I actually had to turn the question around to ask him things because he was so interested in what I was thinking about what I was doing. And I was like, yeah, no, that's all fine. I need to know what you're thinking <laughs> if you're going to be representation. And he and he was wonderful. He answered all of my questions and we had a wonderful chat. And then off he went. Um, and, and no one else has come. And I think that's kind of par for the course because we've lived in the building that we live in for, I think, oh, a solid six years now. And this is the first time ever I've had a door knock for an election. Um, so yeah, that was really good. So yeah, having door knocking and having someone come to your home and place that you live to be present for you and to genuinely want to make that connection really goes a long way. But barring that, because that is so much work for one individual to be doing, even with a team, like that is so much ground to cover. I think having your platform out there 
like a detailed platform so that people can see where you are and they know who they are and you can get that alignment. I think that's a big help. And having ways to be present. Like I think Hamid and Karen, you both do this very well of inviting people to engage with you. Like if, if you haven't seen me, if you haven't talked, let's go for a coffee, shoot me an email. Here's how you can contact me. And you're always, always inviting. So I think maybe that's the word. Like seeing people who are inviting and welcoming engagement. And then when that invitation is taken up, being welcoming and being present. Those are such huge things. To honestly put you on a spot, Lisa, I apologize for doing this. But in all honesty, say you know of a candidate in the community, you see them regularly, but you have another candidate who has a fantastic policy, but you've never seen them in the community. What's your take on that? How would you engage in voting for that? Sorry to put you on a spot because that is a pretty like, uh... Oh, no, I, I like that question. And it's actually something I have. Uh, I was thinking about uh, when we had our federal election. That was that was a big thing for me because um, seeing someone in the community and being present in the community and coming out, um, like being at coffee shops, being at events and just being out in the world and when they're approached went out in the world generously taking the time again to be present with whoever's approaching them like that goes I think the longest way for me so I think for me like I voted community presence for the federal election even though the policy wasn't super aligned but the policy wasn't so far off from my hopes for where I wish things to go um, and I knew that the person I voted for would represent me, even though I fall on different party lines. I knew that this person would do that because that's how they handled their office before. I appreciate that. No, I appreciate that so much, uh, Karen. I'm sure it's refreshing for you to hear that because often people just stay, just become a whole team mentality about uh, the whole elections and just politics in general, where it is unique ideas in a group. Yeah, so there's existence. So I'm only speaking about this because Karen and I involved in a lot of community work, you know what I mean, often running in these situations we've ran before. And uh, for me, it's fantastic to see um, the diversity in the type of policies in it, in the terms of experience. And it's been refreshing, but at the same time, it gets challenging, right? Uh, because you want to uh, bring your lived experiences to the table. And often you're unable to present those in a policy format, right? They don't they don't translate as well as a policy format. Sorry, I was I was laughing because Lisa, I think you were working so hard not to really disclose <laughs> where you were leaning, and then you kind of just give it away at the end. <laughs> oh, totally. No, no, and it's completely fine. That's another thing is. Uh, honestly, I, again, I wish more people did that because then that way we're voting based on who we believe in rather than the party, just a, a color or whatever it is, right? It's the person and what they're doing based in that group. Yeah. And again, going back to that sense of representation, will I feel represented? Will this person, if I write them a letter, hear it? That's where I vote. Well said. You know, Lisa, one of the things uh, you said, what you made me think about is you know, oftentimes in Canadian politics, people jump into politics because they think it's the next step after helping their neighbor or volunteering. And I think there's this middle step, which is, you know, spending time on boards, learning about governance, building connections, rapport, and love with 
with people, organizations, institutions in a community. Um, learning about the nuance of, of the different orders of government and what's, what's possible and what the, the nature of a role is. And those are the things that, uh, as you said, right, it's, it's time in community and connection to community and connection to the specifics of the office that really make a good candidate, right? You might have someone who's a great person, but, you know, have they, have they spent the time knowing what that office can do and have they spent years and years and years, you know, investing in community? Yeah, Karen, you can speak to this. You worked for the city and have extensive amount of experience in terms of community engagement and building. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Well, what I was going to pick up on right there, you know, this this actually ties really well with, you know, the last episode that we did uh, where we were kind of talking about how do we, how should one evaluate, uh, you know, who who are you voting for? And, and you know, Ahmed, you and I, we chat about three things, you know, one is are we value aligned? And you can get a lot of that from someone's uh, platform and, you know, their website and that kind of stuff. And then is, you know, do you have the experience? And I think this is kind of Omar, what, what you're talking about really ties in. And, you know, the third piece is really sometimes that, that gut instinct, which really comes from interacting at the doors uh, and that human to human connection. And, you know, when a, in a municipal election turnout is 25%, um, I think at the end of the day, that third piece is so, so important to, to really drive people to come out to vote. Um, and I think to your point, Ahmed, earlier, sometimes it feels more like collecting than connecting. And I, and I can totally relate to that because, you know, we're trying to maximize our coverage and there's just always so many houses and you're just going from one to the other. And it can feel really superficial. And oftentimes, you, you know, we, we know that majority of the time people don't have a whole lot to, to, to complain about. And most people, especially I, I found, who are new to the country, new to the community, are, they're very grateful for what they have. But I think it's the I think it's the small things, and I've noticed that this election more than I've done in the past election, you know, finding out if there's something I can help you with, you know, you know, in that instant, what are you struggling with? I remember a conversation I had this with this older senior, and I it was kind of right around the federal election, and uh, and she was talking about abortion, and you know, I'm like, you know, I'm here really about the municipal election. What are you really struggling with? And as a senior who's on fixed income, she was really struggling with just food and groceries. And then kind of like several phone calls later, you know, here's a list of all the food bank and food hamper in your neighborhood. Here are all the churches that provide that. And if they don't have that, here's how they can get on that service. And I just feel like, you know, in the past, I probably wouldn't have gone that extra step. But I don't know what it is this time. I think it is that, you know, I don't want to collect anymore. I want to be able to connect. And I think this pandemic has also just made me feel like, you know, people are struggling. People want to connect. People want to connect, you know, and um, and it's, it's so worth it to go the extra step um, because now I have a relationship that it will stick with me. And I will be able to remember that the next time a decision around food security or seniors resources come up. Yeah, no, actually that's a very valid point. And I honestly, the hair on the back of my neck is rising because I'm just thinking about a lot of the instances where somebody would say something like, oh yeah, my daughter, uh, she's dating an Afghani, Afghani boy and he's having difficulty finding where the passport thing is or how to get his information. And then a social worker who works with the Somali Canadian women and children who's with me would be, oh, well, I can help you. We do that regularly. 
And so we already have somebody who's there with that knowledge. Or we know somebody within the network. Uh, another example is a gentleman who was dealing with domestic abuse. And you saying that the system was challenging in terms of the police because they're biased towards um, men. And then lo and behold, a friend of mine who is a police officer was there and says, I recognize what you're saying, but these are the nuances. And it was so much more efficient to have that conversation because of the support from the people we've done work with in the community. And I think that's what translates a lot of times when I feel like people go and want to become elected based on a, a little bit of what Omar was saying, like that, oh, I volunteered, now I, I want to run. But in essence, it should be, oh, I think, this is my perspective, it, should, it doesn't have to be, right? But my perspective often is you're in community and you've reached a barrier where you no longer can get what the supports you require. So now you're jumping into this next field, which is elections, to get the support and be in the policy decision-making so that you can contribute to a lot of these. Because when we talk about affordable homes, we also have to recognize there are cultural sensitivities, right? About recognizing how would it be more effective? Similar thing to restorative justice versus the criminal system. Certain things work better. And I think the approach of already having that experience and where to honestly dip into that experience where you may not necessarily have the experience but know who does is extremely beneficial because you're actually helping people at the door while you're making those networks. And that has been fruitious, but that takes much longer than just simply your name. Do you believe in me? You want to take a long sign? Peace out. Next person. Yeah. And I can totally relate to that because I've you know, certainly had similar experience with other team members on our, on our campaign. Um, and I, I, you know, I keep thinking, you know, it, because four years later, I'm, I'm more mature. I've grown a lot. I've gained a lot of knowledge. I've seen more of how the city itself works. And I've also grown my network of people who are also very knowledgeable of this. And I think through it all, it really makes you realize, you know, the role of a city councilor, and I keep saying this, is facilitating those connections. It's not like city councilors or city council have always have a magic wand, right? But it's about, you know, forming new alliances, sometimes unlikely alliances, um, and passing on that information and making sure people are taken care of, uh, that they're not forgotten, um, I think has been such a, just a, such an important lesson for me in this election. What you're both saying, it reminds me of my, my favorite Dr. Cornell West quote, which is, if your success is defined as being well-adjusted to injustice and well-adapted to indifference, then we don't want successful leaders. We want great leaders who love the people enough and respect the people enough to be unsought, unbound, unafraid, and unintimidated to tell the truth. And I feel that so much of that is reflected in, in what you were talking about, in being at the door to connect with people, not collect people. No, that's absolutely true. It makes it a lot more simpler to really connect and motivate folks. But then it is that people recognize this election as well, and they may not necessarily be engaged in politics. And again, we were talking earlier, off record, we were talking about how uh, when it comes to going to the doors, it's so quick people have different ideas about what politics is. So you can't really go into the necessities of what you want to make change or who you are as an individual and what your capacity is, because it's so focused on getting their vote and then it's just moving right along and then being able to connect with 36,000 folks is extremely challenging. And so it becomes a benefit of those who are already recognized or have a name and 
uh, yeah, the way it, uh, we approach this should be more about community building and providing people an opportunity to thrive because we focus too much on infrastructure and not enough on the social structure. And, um, and I think this also really back to a point, I think Omar, you had raised at the top, um, just around this idea of how politicians engage with different communities and there's an element of pandering. Um, and I see it all the time, all the time, all the time. And I think what motivates me always um, is around, you know, can we actually have a different kind of politics? Because, you know, community is big it's very diverse there's there's no monolith of a particular group of people and yet i think not only politicians and we've we've talked about this on previous episodes just institutions like the city or like you know other you know government and um you engage certain demographics or certain communities through this hierarchy you kind of touch the top but you never kind of get too deep down into the onto the ground and you know certainly i've learned that um you know you gotta be able to 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 reach everybody from from top to bottom and that that takes energy that takes time to build those relationships it's hard work but that that's really you know the a different kind of politics that that i'm here for amen lisa i wanted to um bring you back into this really quickly to ask you about this do you think that your politics or understanding of politics is driven from your parents or from your community engagement? Because I know you work with... What I know about politics comes from uh, a bit of mix about how my parents engaged with politics um, and how they asked me to engage with ideas in general in the world because they were always very quick to, if they were asserting something, and I was like, oh yeah, I agree, they'd stop and be like, why do you agree? And then I'd have to justify why I was going along with the norm there. Um, and then, yeah, I think it's also from definitely community engagement and and having the tough conversations. Like, I really do enjoy being able to talk with people who think differently and getting a sense of that other world view because um, it it helps me one understand where people are coming from because I really do think that all of us are just trying our best in the world for the most part we all want things to be good we're trying really hard to make it good and we have different ways of getting there um and I got a little bit lost in my thought <laughs> no it's perfectly fine I was going to say uh, one thing Omar said, like going back to what you're saying right now about the thoughtfulness, it reminded me of, uh, I asked Stephen Mendel, I said, what makes a good counselor? He said, listening. That's what he told me. I said, what about the, you know, he said, it's listening. He's like, you can adapt and learn these things, but if you are unable to listen or unwilling to listen, then you don't make a really good counselor. And that goes back to what Omar was saying with that quote is that having that empathy and recognizing that there's more to you and there's 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 flaws that you have and that you're not here as the all-knower, but you're the connector and you're here to support and making sure that all levels are looked at equally and provided opportunity for folks, almost like a bridge between many different backgrounds, identities, um, and, and your experiences. Because to me personally, it doesn't matter what party you are with or what your policies are. If you are willing to listen to me from a genuine empathetic perspective and willing to recognize my challenges, you make a good counselor. 
because policy is based on what we think is best for something or whatever. But the empathy is based on like your job. If you can't listen to what I'm saying, then as a person who's paying taxes, for you to be in that position that you are no longer working for or the benefit of my growth as well, you're working for yourself. So when we have people from the community who believe in us, who know us, who are part of us, either have worked on boards or who have went to an art um, festival or artists, these things really make their policy and their community politics more comprehensive because they're there on the ground and they empathize and also have an understanding of the governance. And I think that's what's key is we need more people from diverse backgrounds. And the reason why I asked that question about what got you engaged is we need to continually refresh the voters. We need to get more people voting regularly and more diverse voting because then what we'll have is diverse perspectives because there are, as Karen and I have talked in previous episodes, people who already have the solutions to a lot of the challenges the city has, but they're not engaged. Exactly why we go to 36,000 or try to, but we will never get there. And I feel the same thing for the city is there needs to be a better way to engage with folks rather than just getting elected based on policy or whatever, but finding how to engage and serve there needs to be a different standard and uh, I wish we could include the voters because then they would be able to choose whether they want to learn from this and also contribute because they're essential and they're the ones that choose and the same pool of people keep voting in the same pool of people. And I think this is what I think makes municipal uh, politics so interesting and so different. I don't know how many times I've sat, you know, I've stood at a door and not so much argue but discuss issues and at the end of it still like we didn't. We weren't in agreement necessarily, but how you know how many times those people say, you know what? I think you just flipped my vote because you actually took the time to listen. Um, so I think it is uh, certainly very essential. Voting is here. It's time for you to vote. We're leading up to this thing the whole time, and um, I know Omar, at least uh, what to call Omar and Karen, and I have a perspective on this. But uh, what are, what are your suggestions? Lisa, what, how, not how they should vote, but what, like, I think you, how you voted, I think was a perfect example. Yeah, well, and I think one of my biggest takeaways from this year and with the pandemic, and as we all know, it's been an incredibly challenging time. It is hard not to feel overwhelmed all the time. Um, it's hard not to feel a little bit cynical and like negative about about politics and about engagement. And I think a lot of people are feeling not heard and not represented, but yeah, I think, I think when it comes down to putting your mark on the ballot, instead of focusing on all the things that haven't been working, um, looking ahead to what could be and voting with hope, voting with possibility of how things could be better. Um, and in a way that aligns with you and what you think, like vote with your heart. It seems naive to say that in this day and age because there's so much politicking and statistics and strategy. And it's like, no, 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 vote with your heart. Vote with what you want to be possible for your community. I don't know how frequently, uh, Ahmed, you, uh, you just confront anger at the door. I know like sometimes like, you know, a very, very nice looking person opens the door and it just like, like such a rant and so much, so angry. And I'm always like, oh gosh, I'm so sorry to have gotten you riled up at 10.30 in the morning. 
<laughs> but you know, Omar, what you know, we uh, so Lisa talk about hope, and you know, and I, I just feel also there's so much anger out there um, that's shaping, you know, our our conversations about politics. How do we get there? How do we get from one end to the other? Yeah, no, I think there's this. Uh, you you pointed out between uh, hate and hope, it can feel like there's uh, an unpassable chasm. But there's a step between hate, hate and hope, and I think that's hurt. That's recognizing that uh, you know there, there's pain people have felt, and I think being willing to listen to to what's caused hurt. You know, allows us to see the difference between, like, say, the the eight hundred pound gorilla and the kid who's crying, right? And that's not to to trivialize hate, but it it does speak. I think when we're we're coming from the perspective of hope, is you know recognizing the the different challenges people are coming with. I want to say thank you to Lisa in terms of the hope perspective. I I whole I wholeheartedly agree with you. And I honestly, I, I, I feel the, the hope within the words that you were using. You're absolutely right. People should vote on that because no matter what worries or fear that people have, things will continue to move on. But if you're voting based on, oh, that person might get elected or that person might get elected, it just creates a narrative of the best of. But there's no such thing as the best of. We need to build experience. And that comes from a multi-range of people because the way of voting on fear or anger then just creates the same type of voting structure, but we do need to vote for hope. So I would encourage individuals to really think about the person they support and the type of city hall they want to see because policies and uh, these things can be built upon. But what we're looking for is a city that provides an opportunity for every voice to be heard and for different approaches to be taken because the same ones haven't been working. Um, uh, homelessness is on the rise. We need to support and recognize that Edmontonians are going through a lot of challenges. Going to the doors, there are a lot of people who have lost family members. So it was upsetting for me to be there and ask them questions about who else is at home and then hearing the sadness in their voice. So I, I completely empathize with the voters as well. And to those who are engaged uh, civically, thank you tremendously for being part of the process. You do contribute to that change. And I would encourage uh, those in diverse communities because otherwise it is about uh, really empowering diverse communities to be part of the storytelling. Uh, Omar said it, but what I like to say is either you tell your story or somebody tells it for you, right? So it's important that you share your own story and not allow others to create your narrative for you. Otherwise, we will be in the position that we are now where homelessness is on the rise. We're criminalizing those with uh, challenges being homed and uh, diversity. And and so I would encourage uh, the diverse folks, educate your families, get connected to those who aren't um, necessarily from diverse communities, support somebody who may be. And and thank you for really contributing. Um, And uh, I'll pass it along to Karen, but thank you so much for listening to the Otherwise podcast during our uh, campaigning. Uh, campaigns are never fun, but I have genuinely enjoyed being with Omar, Lisa, and uh, Karen through this process. It's provided me a little bit of uh, artist safe space, so I, I'm, I'm grateful for y'all. I, I want to let Karen have the last word, but I wanted to just jump on one thing Lisa said, and I think like 
I, and I'm going to acknowledge I'm in the minority here in that I, I personally can find it hard to talk about politics with complete strangers or loved ones because sometimes I want to keep the peace. But I think when when we're coming from that place of hope, that's a, a really inviting place to start to talk about politics, who we're voting for, why we're voting for, what are the changes we want to see. And uh, I think it's important that, that the people here, the people listening, don't just go and vote themselves, but they, they take that one extra step to think about, you know, might there be someone who they can drive to a polling station or, um, you know, someone who they can talk to about politics who might just need a, you know, a little bit of a persuasive nudge to, to go out and vote and to think about who to vote for. Pull their ears all the way to the poll. <laughs> okay. Um, Lisa, did you want to share any final takeaways? Um, I would just echo Ahmed's gratitude. Um, I, I said at the top of this, this has been a wonderful project to be a part of. I've learned a ton. Um, my new take on voting with hope is a large part because of listening to the conversations that you both have had. It has changed the way I approach this. Um, and thanks for that. That's awesome to hear. Um, you know, I as for me, I think uh, this election has been so much bigger than, than I had expected. And um, and all the good and the bad stuff I've seen. And I think, you know, I am, have to constantly remind myself and what's, you know, what actually reminds me are those conversations and interactions with people at the doors. Um, and of course, this space for me to kind of put, dump some of that, you know, on the table and you all help me kind of process through that. And I just think, you know, I'm here because, and I think we're all here because we know that democracy can be good. I will always believe that it is, at the end of the day, it is positive, strength-based, you know, um, campaigns that 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 ultimately wins. And I, we always need to focus on that because, you know, I think democracy and politics can be good and we need to change how, um, I just think about so many conversations I have with people who are so jaded, you know, you vote, but nothing happens. And um, how do we bring that back? And I think hope is a big part of it. So thank you all so much. And of course, election is October 18th, 2021, where we're going to be seeing a whole new council, lots of turnovers. It's a big, it's a big election uh, year. So if you can, please vote. It's a huge responsibility in terms of democratic participation. If you're looking to vote, which you should be, go to the city of Edmonton to find out exactly where your poll is located. Just go to edmonton.ca and all honesty in the search bar, type where to vote. And then they'll give you um, a little bar where you can put in your address and then you can find out exactly what polls to vote on. And I would encourage you again, as Omar said, uh, take a family member. But first and foremost, make sure you're educating them on why they're voting, who they're voting. You don't want just people to vote blindly. You want them to understand the process and the value of it and go and vote and support and who you believe in. And um, we'll see you potentially after. Thank you and God bless. Thank you for listening. This episode was edited by Lisa Pruden with direct support and guidance by Omar Yakub. Music produced by Kaz Maker. Otherwise, Podcast is an affiliate member of the Operative Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. Special thanks to Megan Robinson-Anagor, Jenna Moji, and Morenike Molaoshe-Pikan, who are co-founders and contributors to Season 1 of The Otherwise Show, done with the support of the Ribbon Rouge Foundation.
You can find past and current episodes at ribbonrouge.com slash otherwise dash show. To follow our journey, you can check us out at Karen Tang, YEG, and A Nomadic on Twitter and Instagram. Or at our websites, karentang.ca and ahmedali.ca. Thanks for joining. See you next time.